You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I am CJ Palmasano. I'm your host here, and I'm joined uh, by a very special guest. Uh, the special guest, if you guys were listening last week, that I mentioned, please welcome to the pod, Pete Corvus. What's going on, Pete? Hello. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, actually. Very good. So uh, this is another thing set up uh, by uh, my buddy Sandy, a mutual friend of ours. Thanks, Sandy, once again. I owe you one bit. I know. I owe you two now. Yep. <laughs> He helped me have um, uh, Tony Cheney come on a couple weeks ago, and now he uh, reached out to you. So I owe Sandy big time. Oh, all right. Look at him. <laughs> Coming in clutch. Yeah. No, me and Sandy have known each other since I was a little kid. Family friends for years and years and years. Um, anyway, man, so I've been uh, reading up on you, watching some of your stuff. I know you've been, uh, I think what people probably most notably know you for is working on uh, Grimm's Toy Show, correct? Yes, that would be correct. So how did that old relationship come with you and Grimm? How did you uh, get started with working with him? Uh, so he and I have a mut- had a mutual friend mm-hmm. uh, when I first got on. And he introduced me to Grimm. And he was like, hey, you want to go down to Jersey one day? We'll do a quick little like bit. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Something. I was like, this isn't going to last long. It's a one-day thing. Turned into like four years. And here we are. Now everyone knows me from Grimm's Toy Show. <laughs> that's it. So I um I haven't really uh, followed too much. I know of Grimm. I've actually met him once at a SmackDown show. He's a very cool guy. He's very briefly. All the kids are trying to get pictures of him. He's like, listen, I really got to use the bathroom, but if you let me just use that, I'll come back and take as many pictures as you want. <laughs> so he's right. Like, seems like a very nice, very chill guy. He is. Okay. Um. I I'm not I don't currently know if you still work do you still work with Grim from time to time or not right now? Very rarely nowadays. My work schedule and his filming schedules don't really match up all that well. So if I ever have a day off and he's filming, I'll go down. But it usually doesn't like uh it happens so rare that even on my days off I'm kinda of just like, yeah, I don't really want to drive two hours down to like that part of Jersey. I feel so, you. I Both feel you, man. And you're from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So it's not and the sitting traffic on a Friday night. It's just not. <laughs> Dude, I feel you. I, I my my day job, I commute to the city every day, so it's it's not fun. <laughs> no. I, I don't not at all. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. So, um Jackie, when did you get started with Grim again? How many years ago? You said about, uh, about four years ago. Or was it four, maybe maybe more now. Twenty-five. I was what, twenty? Yeah, maybe about five years ago. Oh wow! Just a little over five now. Yeah, that's scary. Um, that's how how long? How, sorry, uh, how long have you actually been wrestling? Uh, let's see, I was on Grimm's before I started wrestling. Mm-hmm. So f- three. Three. So about right. Officially three. Officially three. Okay. And a half. 
Okay. I think I, you know it's funny. I was just looking up this the other day, and I have like all my matches written down, and I don't remember my first match. So, oh wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now when I officially started wrestling. Okay. Three years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago. June of 2018. Okay. Who was the guy you wrestled? Uh. Ron Voyage. Ron Voyage. At an SWF show. Yeah. Okay. That was my first match. And how did that? How did how'd you feel after that? How did that go? Uh, it was all right. I had a little. I had a couple hiccups, like I do with most of my matches, and then I uh, I told the referee to shut the fuck up on a on a children's show. So that's how <laughs> that one. That's my biggest takeaway from that entire show is I told the referee to shut the fuck up, and everyone's like, "It's a kid show." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And I remember running into the back, and I went up to like every promoter. I was like, "I'm so sorry. That was a total accident. It's just a habit." And then they're like, no, it's cool. And then one guy was like, man, you can't be saying that stuff. I'm like, I, I didn't mean to. Like, I don't know how many times I have to apologize for it. But At least you apologize right away. I mean, you went from, yeah. you went from being a big heel to like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the ring, I was like, eh, whatever, you'll live. And then, like, match was over. I won. I ran to the back. I was like, I'm so, where is everybody? I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, it seems like for the most part, people were cool with it. So it's not like anybody really chewed your ass out for it. It's an honest mistake. Yeah, one. I mean, there was one ass chewing, but it wasn't. It was well deserved at the time. So I was like, whatever. We're cool. But now, <laughs> him, me and that guy are cool. It's whatever. That's good. And I've watched a few of your matches from the past eh, past week or so. I uh, just recently I was watching uh, like a hardcore match. You're having a guy named Brandon Kirk. I was. Oh yes. I was enjoying that one, and I can tell, at least with the matches I've seen, you're very heavily influenced by Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, however you want to go. I I say that's a safe assumption, right? Yes, very much so. Uh, would you say Owens is your favorite wrestler or one of? Favorite, definitely. What's Without the, question. What What was the first time you saw him? Uh, in person, uh, Final Battle 2012 for Ring of Honor. Nice. It was my first time seeing him in person but i had watched a bunch of his stuff uh from years prior uh before i got into like ring of honor and i saw uh well not before i got into ring of honor before i went to their shows and um his whole story with el generico in ring of honor was kind of like what i was like oh cool like if he can do this i can do this kind of thing because like He's a big dude. I'm kind of a big dude. I think if he can move like this, I can move like this kind of thing. So I kind of like he like I was really attracted to like his kind of wrestling. And then I found out there were other big dudes who can wrestle like that. And I was like, oh, hey, this is not just a one type of thing. No, that's good. Yeah, Owens is a guy who has definitely broken the mold for uh, guys of that stature. Like, you know, he's made it okay for people to just... Uh, you know, you can move like that. You don't have to look like a certain guy to move a certain way. And I think, like, right. I mean, and he had a lot of people, like Cornette in particular, just saying, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Like, well, now look at him. He's one of the top guys in WWE right now. Right. Cornette's still saying, can't do this, can't do that. Kind yeah, of but, thing, but honestly, who gives a shit about what Cornette says? Yeah. <laughs> well, as lo- some, it, people, some people find his stuff to be gospel. I, I've uh, never met anyone in person who has. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter who do. Yes, so it's but that's the thing is like um yeah he's definitely a guy who I can see your influence in um 
so what do you have a favorite uh was it him in particular that i guess you said made made you want to do this um but what would you say um what uh was it a certain thing or moment that he did or just after a while seeing him you're like oh i think i can do this um i don't know if it's a certain moment per se i mean i I guess because his fir- the first match I saw of his live was uh, a ladder match with El Generico, mm-hmm. so I figured like that. Like I always enjoyed ladder matches; I thought they were fun to watch and stuff. Um, I guess that moment. I guess that would be the moment, even though it really isn't. Like there wasn't a specific moment. I guess maybe that was just the moment That's where I was cool. like, "Oh wow!" Like. I could do this kind of thing, but uh, yeah, I'll say that because it wasn't really anything that made me go, "Oh wow, yeah, this is this has to be this has to be it now." Like it's all or nothing. I think it was just like, "Yo, oh, he's a big dude; he can do it. I can do it too." That's good. I mean, some people have a specific moment; others are just like, yeah. "No, it's just like I think it's just watching this for a while." That's what it seems like more your yeah, whole yeah, thing is getting into wrestling. Yeah pretty much it's when i was young i was like oh maybe i can be a wrestler when i get older maybe and then like i found out how to find schools i was like oh this is maybe this could be a thing Uh, and then i i went to one school and it just wasn't for me it wasn't my thing i was like whatever so i was like oh maybe i'm not supposed to do this and then i saw him live i was like oh maybe i can do this and then i tried another school and that didn't work out either and then i happened to find grim's toy show and I wouldn't say I use that as a school, but it definitely, like, the best practice is, like, just doing things, I guess. I agree. Like, that's the best form of practice is just doing stuff. Like, you can't you can't practice a match. O- I mean, you can practice a match over and over again. Like, that's fine. But you're eventually going to forget something. Like, you're not going to memorize it, like, hand in hand. So, like, I just was like, oh, maybe I'll just wrestle on this YouTube show and see where it goes. And apparently it's gotten me this far, so, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I've watched some clips here and there, and I watched uh, the recent, what was the recent match I watched? You you and Grim had, it was called Greatest YouTube Championship Wrestling Match Ever, I think it was called, the title. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I don't. I think this. Him and I have wrestled so much. I think the story of was that you guys were like uh, fighting for the the uh, the control of the entire YouTube channel. That's what I gathered. Oh, oh, that was a very long time ago. That was only because I'm now I'm scrolling through YouTube to look for it. It was four years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, I just searched on YouTube <clears throat> to see what I could find. I think it was on like uh, related to whatever match I was watching yeah, to I, of yours. Like you know, the YouTube <clears throat> algorithm works. Yeah. So what was the name of this wrestling school that finally got you to uh, where you're like, yeah, I can't, uh, this is going, where it was working for you? What school did you go to? So for the first month, uh, so for like all of January of 20, 2018, maybe 2017, one of the two, I was going to create a pro in Long Island. Mm. 
and then like February came and my work schedule got switched and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be back in like a couple weeks. Like it's, it shouldn't be a big thing. And I never went back. And then I tried the next year. Never went back. It's just, it's just poor timing on my job. And I keep trying to go back and I never can. So, uh, yeah, so Creative Pro has kind of like helped me sort of. Not really. I don't ever tell people I'm trained by Creative Pro because it's just I feel like it's just disrespectful oh, okay. to tell people I am. Because uh, I'm not. I, I, I spent like realist and like the wrestling world, I spent all of two minutes in a uh, training facility. Would you say, uh, if I'm not Creative Pro, that's not um, Brian Myers thing, is it? It is. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Myers and Pat Buck. Okay. Um, yeah. So from what I gather, I guess you've, you may have not necessarily had a specific school, but I guess maybe you've just taken things from different people. I guess like working on Grimm's show, the other two wrestling schools you went to and Creative Pro, I guess you maybe just trained that way. I guess maybe you're almost a self-taught wrestler if I, if I, if I assume correctly. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. I don't, ever tell people that but yeah that's that would be the right thing yeah i mean there's no disrespect there's a lot of people who are self-taught in everything I, myself i play guitar i mean i mainly taught myself i didn't really take that many lessons right as a kid i knew the basics but after that it's like there's only so much somebody can teach you right and how exactly. much your drive is or how much you want more of exactly exactly okay yeah so you and i get it we're on the same page here um what else have I seen over here? Um, I think the first thing I saw when I was looking you up when we were kind of talking about this, um, it was a video. Yeah, one of the first videos to come up on YouTube is you versus a uh, nightmare light tube match. Oh, I was okay. like, I'm like, oh, she beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole backstory in itself. I was like, oh, uh, crap. Uh, so I told the story a bunch to a bunch of people who were like, oh, why did this happen? So, uh, what happened was, is the, <clears throat> I, I won't, I don't know if I can tell you the person under the mask kind of thing. Everyone at this point, everyone knows, but like people who don't know, it's just not worth it. <laughs> Kid Under the Mask was in the group chat saying that he was now a deathmatch wrestler. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, well, I can do deathmatches. Like, I'm I'm a professional deathmatch wrestler. So I messaged Grim on the side, and I said, hey, can I, can I wrestle this dude? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I, I gave him a heads up. I said, I'm probably going to shoot on him, not going to lie. And he laughed at me. And he was like, LOL, okay. Like, he sent, like, the laughing emojis and then put LOL, okay. So, I'm, like, mm -hmm. LOL, okay is like, yeah, whatever kind of thing. But, like, he put the laughing emojis and I think you're taking me seriously kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I let a bunch of people know. I said, hey, come on this day because I'm going to beat the shit out of this kid. I say kid as if he's not, like, 10 years older than me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we get there. He's like hey, what do you want to do? I was like, oh, we have a bunch of light tubes and we have a bunch of this and we have a bunch of this. We'll just we'll just call it as we do it. 
So for whatever reason, I had a tiki torch in my hand. I don't know where I got it. It was just there. Bell rings, the imaginary bell rings, and I swing this this stick at him. And for the next, however long the match is, what the match is, what eleven minutes of just me beating him up, I think. Yeah, it's pretty much it because the the video is like thirteen minutes, and there's like a bit of a promo, oh, video, promo segment okay, before. So video's thirteen minutes. Promo took about seven minutes before. All right, so it was maybe like a six minute match then. Yeah. Kid got no offense in. He hit me with a light tube, and then he what he was what he should have done instead of hitting himself over the head with a light tube was just go back at me because I probably would have started selling mm-hmm. at that point. And then for whatever reason, he took a I gave him a light tube shot to the head, and then he was like, "I have glass in my throat," and that has been the running gag with everyone who's watched the show, who's been on the show, or who has been associated with that scenario. Is oh no. I have glass in my throat. And it's like, but it's like a deep throat. Uh, deep throat. Haha, that's what she said. It's like <laughs> a, uh, uh, like a, I have glass in my throat. Like, you like choking? There you go. Like, okay. You're, you're okay. Sound. Yeah, not deep throat. <laughs> One idiot. Uh, it's like a, a choking voice. And it's just like, cool. and like, he, so, for years, he wouldn't talk to me. Like he hated me for it. He didn't. He was like, "Why? Why did you do that?" It's like, dude, I told you. I like I gave you a fair warning beforehand, but like, no one ever took it seriously, which is fine. And then like someone's like, "Oh, he shot on you," and I was like, "Yeah, I did." And like I felt guilty for a while. I was like, "Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it." Like I felt like I feel like a piece of shit for it. <clears throat> and then like he came up to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, "Hey, I got glass in my throat." I go, "Man, joke's over." It's joke like. Now that you're in on it, like the joke's over. It doesn't mean anything now. I mean, the video was so, two years ago. I see. Yeah, it's yeah. So two years ago, and then, uh, I just saw that one too. And then I was off the show for a while because of that. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you off the show for a little bit." I said, "That's fine." Like, I don't, I don't know what else I can do here. Like. And then the group chat was like hating on me, or a couple people in the group chat were hating on me. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't need to be here anymore. Now, you know what? You took you took something that you felt personally about. You th- you thought the guy was kind of like I guess undermining what you do and what you're trying to do. Right. And look, everybody everybody has a right to feel a certain way about something. And if you feel like this guy's kind of like you know, well, this is what I do and this is what I want to do, and he feels like he can just come in and do it. I'm going to prove him wrong. Right. So at the time, I thought it was the correct thing to do. Mm-hmm. And turns out it wasn't even remotely close to the correct thing to do. It was probably the wrong thing to do. And, like, a bunch of people, like, a lot of people, like, on the roster were like, oh, yeah, that was so great. Like, we watch it over and over all the time. I'm like, oh, please don't watch that. Like, I don't like how I acted in that <laughs> scenario. So, like, let's not. But yeah, so at the time I thought it was right. Now I know it's wrong. I probably I feel bad that I did it. Oh, well, I don't feel bad that I did. It. I don't feel bad that I did it, but I wouldn't do it again. Okay, that's what I told people. It's like I I wouldn't do it again, but I don't feel guilty for what I did. No man, that's cool. Hey, we so, all we live and you live and we learn and we move on. Life goes on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I was watching a few other things. This Fatal Four you had uh, guys 
Hooligan, uh, Hollywood Hooligan, Jake Cage, and Charlie Bonifer. One thing I liked about w- when your entrance specifically, you and I have a lot of very similar music taste. You came out to my favorite MCR song, Famous Last yes. Words. That was yes. awesome. I was trying to see whatever YouTube matches you had, and I saw you saw A Day to Remember at uh, Warp Tour a couple years ago. I did, yes. Big fan of them. We're probably my favorite band, honestly. One of mine, too. One of mine, too. The Data Member is one of one of the best live bands I've seen. Yes. Always pre- them and uh, I Prevail are very good live. I've never seen I Prevail. Always wanted to. Oh, oh I saw they did a uh, <clears throat> they did a joint tour a couple years ago. They yeah. did. It was a uh, Bare Tooth open for them, and then I Prevail open for oh, Data Member. Yeah. I Data Member. I Great. Would... So good. I wanted to see that show. My buddy's got tickets, but I couldn't. So I couldn't afford them at the time. Sword in the city. I think they were like seventy-five bucks a ticket. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going. It's it's got to happen." Well, now Beartooth is torn with uh, Wage War and Dragged Under. I did see that. I'm not too big on Wage War. Dragged but... Dragged Under is great, though. I, yeah, I, I definitely. Rec- you listen to them? Uh, every so often. I, there's a couple a couple songs like of every band that I listen to, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this isn't so bad. But. Like you, you could play the song, and be like, oh yeah, I know the song, but I don't know the song like by name, kind of thing. It's one of those bands. It's like, oh yeah, that's the song. I feel you with that one. Um, if you had like, uh, do you kind of flip between different entrance scenes you do, or is like famous last words? Actually, no the the one you had with uh, Brandon Kirk, you had a uh, lit. Do you kind of have like I had a th- lit? You have a theme, like what type of song you want to use depending if like you're going in as heel or babyface because i think you've mostly been babyface with the, with the, the so, matches where you're not involved with grim i guess that is with him show. yeah so grim's grim stuff i is whatever that youtube free uh the uh the ad free stuff on youtube is that he puts out mm-hmm. which i hate that song i tell people all the time i think it's one of the dumbest songs ever um but the the lit song that I used for Brandon Kirk was a complete accident. Really? It was because I was like, oh, I don't really know what song to use. And my friend was like, oh, why don't you use lit? And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess. And like, because I was switching back and I was, I was starting to get comfortable using the Data Remember song. And then I found out that uh, Alex Zane was using it for gcw and oh, i was okay. like oh well, well now i can't use it here because everyone knows like if this if this plays and alex zane doesn't come out like i look like an asshole so i was like well i gotta change it up now so i was like and at the time i wasn't even thinking that famous last words was gonna be a great like entrance music so i was like um so m- me and my buddy who at the time, only teamed a couple times on live shows. We're using Lit as our entrance song. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll use that. So I used it, and I was like, eh, it's all right. But it's just, it's, it's an easy, like, sing song for fans. Like, if you know it, you know it, so you'll sing along to it. Yeah, it's a good idea. And then uh, a couple things happened. Music got switched again. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this song now. And then... Uh, a new company started up, and they were like, oh, well, we forgot to, like, download your music, so do you want to pick something off of here? We're like, yeah, sure. So we took, I took Famous Last Words. I was like, oh, I'm hooked on this one. Like, there's no way. It's a great, it's a 
great drop in the in the beginning. That's where you come out. Fantastic. And then uh and then a theater member's new album came out and I was like, oh I really like this song on it. So I, I was gonna start using it, but I haven't been taking that many singles bookings lately. So I have a bunch of tag team bookings and we've been using um uh I can't think of the name of the band right now. It's not any of the songs uh, you mentioned. Oh, no, we've been oh we've been using uh Brand New Numb by Motionless and White. I haven't heard that one. Oh, very good song. It's a good band. I like them. Yeah, I, again, they're a bunch, they have a bunch of songs that I listen to. I don't like. I don't like them. Like, I don't like them. I wouldn't go out to see them in a concert, but I would like listen to a bunch of their songs, kind of thing. That's how I look at them. I agree. But so that's our. We have our babyface theme with them, and then we have our heel theme, which is uh, Jay Z and Lincoln Park. But we use um, what's it? We use uh, Points of Authority, Ninety Nine Problems. I love that that version. That's a great yeah. song. Yeah. So we use that. We're like we we're like oh let's try this out, and it just it worked for one day. So we're like oh. Okay, so that's so. Uh, currently, I have like four theme songs, but I only use like two at the moment. What was that? A date or member song you're thinking of? When you said new album, you mean like the most recent one? The um, most recent one that just came out was um. This is, you're welcome. Yeah, the You're Welcome album. It is uh, Last Chance to Dance. I love that song. I I don't know how you feel about the last album, but I wasn't a fan of it. I love that song, I, but I wasn't crazy about the album. So I. I like the album. I don't love it. I like it. I think it's a good album. I think it's it's not their usual stuff, which is good. It's something different they show. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty decent. But it's not like... Like, I'll tell people that, like, Homesick is their best album popularity-wise. But, like, top to bottom, Common Currency is their best album. It's a bold statement there. I haven't met too many people who think Common... Actually, well... well my cousin, he, I think he at one point thought Common Courteous was their best album. I've up and oh. down the board, like up, I've up heard. And down, um, it's Common Courtesy, Homesick, uh, What Separates Me from You, uh, Bad Vibrations, and then uh, You're Welcome, Dead Last. Oh, actually, and then it's their old stuff too. But hey, like, but- if we're going in like recently, it's Common Courtesy, Homesick, What Separates Me from You. Bad vibrations, yeah. and then the new one. Homesick for me is like their best album ever. It's when I kind of got into them, and then I went back listened to like <clears throat> those who have heart. Um, it, to me, that's their best album. Every song like got to me. Oh yeah, every song hits perfectly on that album. Yeah. But it's just for what I don't know what I don't know what it is about Common Courtesy, and I'm just like, this is the shit. It could have been like the story behind it too, because it, it because Victory was really trying to fuck them over and like, oh no, no, you owe us this. Like, no, we contract. Like, it was a long battle to the point where like, are we even gonna hear this album? Right. It was like it was a real shit show for those guys. Yeah, it was. It could have been like. It it probably should have been their last album, honestly. That could have been, but what is what it is, you know. They, they got out of Victory, and here we are. Yeah, they're, do, they're doing their own thing. Yeah. 
Uh, Love that. I guess last two bits before uh, you got to get going. Um, what would you say, uh, Pete, was like, I guess maybe the best piece of advice someone has given you so far in your wrestling career? Uh, I never, I never know how to answer this question properly, <laughs> honestly, because so the most pop, I say popular because it's the one I've been given the most that I never listen to just because that's just how I am is keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Uh, I'm the worst with that. Honestly, like I, I should, um, do that more often, but I don't, I don't know why. It's just something that I, I don't, uh, something I don't do. I don't know why, but I should do it more often. I would, uh, I would say keep talking, the, man. Yeah, that's your that's well, your thing. Yeah, so there's there's many. So I've got three. So it's ears open, mouth shut. But that's more like a student thing, like when like uh, a veteran's talking. So like that that much I'll do. I'll, when a veteran's talking to me and giving me advice, one hundred percent ears open, mouth shut. There's no oh well, this is what we were trying to. No, it's just no. Shut up and just say thank you, kind of thing. Just keep talking. Uh, is something not I didn't get it specifically from Kevin Owens Steen. Uh but he said it to someone because someone said it to him, I think it was Stone Cold, so just keep talking, like don't ever stop running your mouth kind of thing. And that one kinda like I was like, Oh yeah, that works. And uh the third one was just uh listen to the crowd. Like when you're in the ring, just let the crowd pretty much dictate what's going on. So, yeah, those are like all, if they, those are all good. Yeah. So, like if, um, like I not that the crowd doesn't like something per se, because like if they're gonna just shit on your match, just do what you gotta do and get out, kind of thing. But like if they if they're calling for something and they want something done, like do it my problem is is that i when i get in the ring i hear nothing that goes on like everything just goes like dead silent and i'm only just like focused on what i have to do and then when i leave the ring like when the match is over it's almost like a do you remember the bell thing with jesse and festus yes yes i do so jesse like festus goes from like this like dits of human being the bell rings and he turns into this crazy human being i am I hear everything before the before the match. I can hear fans screaming, yada yada yada. Bell rings and I turn to a ditz. I hear nothing. <laughs> everything goes quiet. It's just me and whoever's in the ring kind of thing. And then the bell goes off and it's like there's the crowd. So if people are like, Oh yeah, like listen to the crowd, I can't hear the crowd at all. So that's one of my biggest things that I have to <clears throat> work on myself specifically is like listening to the crowd. So I have to figure out a way to uh, hear them. I don't know. Maybe I got to put hearing aids in or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe you'd be the first wrestler with hearing. I've never heard that before. A wrestler with hearing aids. <laughs> yeah, right. I, there's probably one or two because I know there's a bunch of de- uh, deaf wrestlers, but uh, I don't. I don't know if they actually wear hearing aids or if they go crazy uh, and just wrestle deaf. So yeah. we'd have something in common. It would be. 
All right, man. So I know you got to get going, but real quickly, uh, thank you for your time here. Uh, plug whatever it is you need to plug, man. Any shows you got coming up, social medias, go away. Uh, uh, go and do it, not go away. <laughs> go away. All right, fine. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh Instagram and Twitter is Pete underscore Corvus, C-O-R-V-U-S uh, 927. That's Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm on YouTube. You can just search my name. Uh, my photo will pop up. Crazy. Just subscribe to that. I'm on TikTok. I don't use it, but, you know, that's always a fun little follow. Uh, I have... What do I have coming up, wrestling-wise? I have a company called UWC in Wrightstown, New Jersey, on September 4th and 18th. Uh, I usually post that up on my Twitter, so or even Instagram, I'll post that up. Um, I don't know what else I have coming up. I think that's it right now. Slow summer. Um, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. What else do I got? I got a pro wrestling tea store. You just type that in type my name in that's how you'll find me i have some decent stuff up there i have a what a maneuver page it's another wrestling com uh, another wrestling t-shirt company uh i have some shirts on there that i don't sell on my pro wrestling tees nor do i sell in person uh and i do cameos because i'm a loser and that's what we do nowadays we, we i yell at people on cameo and that's all i got hey if people want you them to yell at you a cameo give them what they want yeah, it's some guy asked me to like cut a promo in my underwear, and I said, "Nah, man, I'll pass on the money." <laughs> I wasn't feeling confident. That's, that that's a weird request. It was. I was not having it. I was like, ah, I don't know if my girlfriend's gonna like this one, so I'm not gonna post this one. <laughs> Thanks, though. So, oh, Jesus, yeah, that's everything I got. All right, Pete. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. wasn't that a fun time uh, i really appreciate pete corvus coming on the podcast and uh talking having a fun little conversation with me for a little while uh so thank you pete really appreciate it so now uh we're gonna get into all the other stuff that's just been going on in the world of pro wrestling these days uh there is a ton of news stories a lot of stuff has happened on AEW. um Mainly, I think I'm going to try and get to the bigger news stories that have happened this week uh, and then kind of go over AEW because I really don't have a whole lot of time to cover everything else going on in pro wrestling at the moment. Um, I will say uh, that we'll go into a few of these uh, news stories here. Uh, going to get a little real-worldy. Uh, well, real worldy. Uh, gonna get into a little bit of things more into the real world. Just, just, just for a second. Um, so AEW currently is uh, worried about uh, the the rising cases in the uh, Delta variant of the coronavirus of COVID nineteen, and uh, that it may interfere with their plans. Um, I mean, as of right now, there's no indication of things stopping there's no indication of 
things getting in the way with COVID right now. So as of right now, things are okay and we're all right. But these are just the concerns of the company because obviously, you know, it was they were stopped last time over a year ago with uh, the momentum they were having with their with, with their company. So it's only natural for AEW to think this way. But I will say that um, I think for now, let's just enjoy and let's just be okay uh, and just enjoy what we have on television at the moment. Um, that being said, uh, why don't we get into a few big things, other things going on with AEW at the moment. So AEW have announced that their first ramp, uh, I don't know, their first Rampage show, but the Rampage show, August 20th, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, they're entitling, they're titling it called the First Dance at the United Center in Chicago. Um, one thing I gotta say here is that, um... Tony Khan, he really, he really can't hold back with the CM Punk, uh, with with the CM Punk uh, teases and CM Punk himself because um, the song of, of the the by the Alan Parsons project, I'm forgetting what song that is, where the Chicago Bulls come out, um, and Michael Jordan's Netflix series being entitled "The Last Dance," covering his uh, that documentary series covering his last uh, season with the Chicago Bulls. Um, now they're entitling this the first dance, so <laughs> it's a it's it's very very much on the nose. Uh, the crowd was chanting CM Punk. Uh, then we cut to Darby Allen Sting with Alex Marvez, and he says AEW. Darby Allen says that AEW is the, uh, the best wrestling company in the world, and then with uh, it's with their people come to prove themselves, uh, and to who who so called wants to call themselves the best in the world. I'll be there. So now the CM Punk uh, uh, tease there. And then not even, and then see, and then MJF paraphrasing CM Punk's famous pipe bomb promo uh, at at the end of of, of AEW uh, Fighter Fest this week. I mean, could it be more obvious? I, I understand. I you know the reports are all out there, and CM Punk is at this point definitely coming to AEW because if he wasn't, it would be the biggest letdown ever. Um, I'm st- I'm still gonna freak the fuck out when it happens. And one thing is for sure is that I am not going to be missing this episode of Dynamite when it happens because I- I'm not sure how Rampage is gonna be working. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, that's that's gotta be uh going head to head with SmackDown, is it not? You know, I mean, I feel like it's gotta be. Um, I- I'm trying to look up like a times uh uh. Uh, time slot here um so yeah a aew rampage uh will be airing on uh well it says here that rampage tnt joins the existing dynamite airs which airs two hours wednesday starting 8 p.m dynamite rampage will be moving to tnt from tnt to tbs in 2022 and aew will, will present quarterly special events starting in 2022 um, AEW Rampage. Let's get some. Let's just get some more uh, insight with this show. So it says Rampage, an upcoming professional wrestling television program produced by the American promotion All Elite Wrestling, airs and air every Friday. I'll uh, air Friday at 10 p.m. Okay. Um, in uh, United States, beginning August 13th, 2021. Okay, so it's not going head to head with um with AEW. Uh, sorry, with, with WWE. Um. So it's only an hour show. Um, interestingly enough, 
I mean, I figured they have to be taping some things of dark or whatever prior because I'm pretty sure they're gonna give. They're not just gonna give the fans there a one-hour wrestling show. I, I I just don't see that happening. But this is definitely a way to try and boost your ticket sales for this show. Have CM Punk come out as the person at the end of the show or whatever. Have him show up, and then that will definitely get people to buy the pay-per-view for All Out. Um, I just think it's it's just funny kind of how on the nose everything is right now with CM Punk. And if I was Tony Khan, I'd be like, I wouldn't... It would be enough for me to just be like, all right, we're going to get Rampage's first dance and CM Punk. And I guess maybe it's two boosted ticket sales. For anyone who just wasn't certain, like, oh, uh, best... I, I, maybe it's for that reason. Probably for that reason, but man, you did not have to go so hard with the with the CM Punk uh, uh, references here, Tony. Regardless, I will be excited. I will for sure be watching. I cannot wait for the eventual debut of CM Punk and Brian Danielson. I've got to get used to calling Daniel Bryan now Brian Danielson because if he's going to AEW too, I can't call him Daniel Bryan. Um I guess we'll go over another things that happened on AEW uh, Fighter Fest that happened uh, this week. So I'm going to go through a bunch of different things that I saw through the show. Uh, sporadically, I'm going through a bunch of things that happened this week that really caught my eye. So um, actually, you know what? We're going to start off with a few things with uh, NXT first. Uh, with NXT, Samoa Joe is now he is now the going to be facing Karrion Cross the NXT title at Takeover 30 uh, NXT Takeover 36, which will be happening the night. After SummerSlam, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know where this takeover will be taking place. Sean was texting with me earlier this week, saying like, "If this happens at at the Performance Center, I swear I'm going to kill someone." I'm like, uh, "It's called the CWC. It's the Capital Wrestling Center." And I had to ensure to my FBI agent Bob that's like, "Hey, uh, I'm not in any way condoning this. Uh, he's on his own." Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we had that happen. Samoa Joe is no longer an enforcer. He's now an NXT talent, which really is the best place for Samoa Joe. I mean, NXT is the best place for him. The matches he's going to have and having against Karrion Cross is really good. Um, you know, we also got um, Raquel Gonzalez. You know, she uh, Dakota Kai turned on her, and now Dakota Kai wants the NXT Women's Championship and. She had said to Raquel Gonzalez, as long as I have your back, you will always be NXT Women's Champion, and Kai turns on her. Um, I'm very much looking forward to this match because there's been a very natural story built in this whole thing. You know, Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez was brought in by Dakota Kai. They've been partners for the past 18 months, and it's just a nice, naturally long-term story being told with these two women. And Raquel Gonzalez has been doing a great job as champion, and I'm excited for this match and, and Cross versus Joe. Um, speaking of Karrion Cross, let's get a little bit into what happened with him on Raw um, because we got some insight as to what happened uh, with Karrion Cross. Uh, or what was going to happen. So, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's podcast, you'll hear me fucking uh, rip a new one about how they made Karrion Cross lose to Jeff Hardy. Uh, so, I I, I did that last week. But what I will say is this: is that um, apparently Karrion Cross was supposed to lose again to Jeff Hardy. I uh, the only reason he didn't face Jeff Hardy this week is because Jeff Hardy tested positive for COVID and he faced Keith Lee and he beat Keith Lee. And that really wasn't much of anything that happened. And really, I don't understand why you couldn't have used anybody else in the roster. Why did you have to use Keith Lee? He just came back. It, it, 
they don't know what they do with NXT talent. Um, I, I at this point, I truly think that you know Joe's going to drop win the NXT title. Cross is going to go to the main roster, and I think Scarlet will be joining him relatively soon. From what I saw a report recently, uh, I saw an article headline. I wasn't particularly sure, but I think that's what the case is. Um, and then the main event, we saw Adam Cole versus Bronson Reed. And after the match, Kyle O'Reilly attacks Cole with a steel chair and then suplexes him onto the steel steps. Um, I'm not particularly sure why Kyle O'Reilly did this. I know the feud is still going on, and don't get me wrong, any match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, I'm, I'm happy for. But why was I meant to cheer Kyle O'Reilly in this particular moment? Why was I meant to cheer him? I, I don't understand. Um, I mean, I, I like Cole, Cole and... And uh, I almost said Gargano, Cole and O'Reilly, but I just think that you know there should kind of be more of a, I guess, clearer vision. I mean, match is gonna be great anyway, so who gives a fuck? Um, yeah, that's that's one. That's a few things NXT that really uh, caught my eye and was really really uh, really good there. Um, I'm not gonna get into Raw because a lot of bullshit happened there, and I'm not talking about Raw anymore. Uh, let's just get into all the stuff that happened with AEW. So. We kick things off with the 5-on-5 elimination tag match. The Dark Order with Hangman Adam Page versus the Elite. Dark Order members of Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver versus Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. So, um, this was just a fun match. I mean, psychology may have been thrown out the window a few times. This just felt like a big old PWG match. And everybody was just having fun. The crowd was white hot for Hangman Page. Uh, the promo segment they played prior, before they all came out to that awesome entrance they had, like that was just so much fun. And I loved every second. This match was just so so good. I was just really shocked that Hangman and the Dark Order lost because if they lost, then Dark Order would have to give up the, uh, their AEW tag team title shots. And Hangman Adam Page would have to give up his AEW World Title shot, being number one ranked, number one ranked for the title. So I really wonder how they're going to maneuver Hangman Page back into the World Title scene, because AEW All Out is about four weeks away, and he's been built as the guy to beat Kenny Omega at this point. I really don't see anybody else who's going to beat Kenny Omega for that title. Um. I, I don't know what necessarily they're waiting for, but I'd have to think it's it's Hangman. I was texting with Sean just before I started recording. What if there's like a gauntlet match that Hangman has to go through? What if he has to go through every single member of the Elite and he has to beat them all in one night? Um, or there could be a similar thing with, with Dark Order. Like, Or may, may, maybe a really cool thing is, what if like Omega says you have to beat everybody in the Dark Order in a gauntlet match? That just popped in my head right there because that would be... Because I really don't want Kenny Omega getting pinned before he has to lose the title. I'm not particularly fond with champions being beaten to get a title shot. Um, because AEW, they don't, they've done it, but they don't do it that often. There's only a handful of occasions when someone's beaten the champion and then they get a title shot the next week. Um, but usually they don't lose the title the following week. Like the most recent incident of that is the Young Bucks versus uh, Pentagon, uh, Pentagon Jr. and uh, Eddie Kingston, 
when uh, they beat the Bucks in Jacksonville, and then the following week when they started going on the road, uh, Kingston and Pentagon lost to the Young Bucks. So I'm not particularly fond of that. So maybe they're waiting for Omega's first pinfall loss as the champion for All Out. So I would think maybe he'll say, oh, well, if you want to... Ta- fine, you guys... Uh, Fine, you want a AEW tag, uh, AEW title shot, then you have to beat everyone in the Dark Order. And an even better added stipulation is the Dark Order has to beat Hangman Page to get their tag team title shot. So that I could see. I could see that happening in the just, just higher stakes. I do think the Dark Order, one of the teams, will be the ones to beat the Young Bucks, regardless of it, it's. Uno and Grayson, or if it's John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Personally, I would want it to be Silver and Reynolds just because I'm a big fan of John Silver. Um, but Dark Order in general has just been the highlight of AEW for a long time now. And I just want Dark Order and Paige to have the gold at this point. And I think they will. They'll work into the story somehow. It's just interesting to see how they're going to work it in. Uh, it was also confirmed that Hiroshi Tanahashi will be challenging the winner of the IWGP United States Championship match, which uh, Hikaleo and Lance Archer had an amazing match, to which Haku's at fucking ringside, Hikaleo's dad. And first of all, if you're not familiar with Hikaleo, if you didn't see Dynamite this week, he's a wrestler in New Japan, he's in the Bullet Club. Look up this guy. Look up how fucking tall he is. He's huge. He makes his father, King Haku, look small. That's a big fucking deal. These guys are huge. And now anybody who says shit like, oh, AEW doesn't have a whole lot of big guys. Um, well, you should fucking take a look. I mean, they got Archer, they got Hikaleo there, New Japan guy. They got fucking Brian Cage. They got Jake Hager. They have Wardlow. Uh, they have uh, Miro. I did say Lance Archer, I believe. Uh, I mean, they got a lot of big guys now, so no more, uh, oh, AEW is just a little guy company. No, no, they, they got big guys now, so no more fucking excuses. Anyway, yeah, that match between Archer and Hiroshi Tanahashi will be happening at Vanguard over uh, Dress. What? Is that what I'm saying right? Uh, sorry, Resurgence. That's the f- that, that is the fucking sponsor. My apologies. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Lance Archer at Resurgence. And John Moxley responded saying he calls on Hiroshi Tanahashi and anyone else want to step through the forbidden door. Uh, you know, he says he thinks it's bullshit that the French can go over to the Olympics uh, in Japan, but he can't go over to Japan and kick somebody's ass. He says, ask any of your boys, ask um, Minoru Suzuki, ask uh, Yuji Nagata. I came in and beat them all, and I'm going to beat you too. Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes, please. Yes, please, man. I can't fucking wait for that. Um,. We also got a pretty cool segment where uh, Malachi Black attacks Cody Rhodes backstage. Um, I love the thing with Malachi Black that his eye is just progressively getting worse and worse, uh, making him look more evil. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this. And um, I'm seeing like some comment section on a Facebook post I'm looking at right now. A lot of people say, oh, this means Cody's going to win. Uh, Cody, uh, and then... It says Cody getting booed. Ah, it's beautiful. Yeah, because Cody Rhodes is not as hot as he once was, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. But um, Cody is is uh, reported to be taking some time off because he's going to be filming for the uh, the Go Big Show. 
Uh, he's going to be a, a host on there. That show debuted last year. So I presume that Malachi Black will get the win, and then we'll move on from that. Uh, we also have here... We had the uh, second labor of Jericho, where Nick Gage faced Chris Jericho in a legit death match. I don't mean like, you know, oh, it's dead. Like, this was a death match on primetime television. For those of you who are not familiar with Nick Gage, he's a fucking psychopath. He's probably the best deathmatch guy in, in, in pro wrestling at the moment where he re- wrestles for uh, GCW, recently losing the title to Matt Cardona. And, and, and Which, by the way, uh, Matt Cardona is like the best heel in indie, re- indie wrestling at the moment. The fucking fans were livid that he, that he lost. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. Dave Meltzer thought it was a deplorable and disgusting. And in a way, I'm just like, eh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, not too many guys can get real heel heat these days, and Cardona is actually doing it, which is pretty cool. Um, my God, like, <laughs> th- this guy, he's a legit criminal. He's he's a thug. He's he's robbed a bank. He, he's been a rat. Like, he's a legit, like, thug, Nick Gage. And Jericho and him were... He was he. First of all, he cut Jericho with a pizza cutter. Who who cuts a guy with a pizza cutter? Honestly, to steal from Austin Powers, um, fucking he cut uh Jericho's arm right away. MJF was on commentary during this match. I mean, there were the uh the fluorescent light bulbs, and they were smacking each other with them, which isn't really all that dangerous. It's just they have a bunch of shit in there. It's more of a spectacle, you know. They're not, from what I understand, um. I mean, Gage was just, he had a shank and he was stabbing Jericho in the head. He was cutting Jericho at the forehead with a pizza cutter. Like, Jericho got fucked up in this match. And to the point where Chris Jericho is has uh, is on the top rope, laying punches into Nick Gage. Nick Gage had a, ta- a, a two chairs set up and a plate of glass in the ring. Jericho hits a hurricane rana. Onto Nick Gage through the glass. They kept fighting after that for a little bit, and then Jericho finally hits the Judas effect to win. Like, Jericho is a total fucking badass. The guy is 50 plus years old, and he's still competing at the top of his game. Is there anybody else you can say is the greatest of all time? I I, I probably said on record many times that Jericho is probably the greatest ever. And you can argue that fact. I, I, I could, I'll probably die on that hill that Jericho's the best ever. So it was a hell of a match. I mean, this is something that you will ne- probably never see on live television ever again. Like this, this has total old school ECW vibes. Uh, like I, I was watching a bit of a, a stream from a Wrestle Talk podcast with from this episode. And Luke Owens was Luke Owen was saying how him and, and uh, Andy Datsun, his co-host on the when they were doing the review for the Moxley and Omega um, Lights Out match at Full Gear 2019, where they said, "What did AEW go too far?" I mean, if I'm watching this match between Nick Gage and Jericho, and then Moxley and Omega, oh god, they <laughs> Moxley and Omega didn't go far enough. This this broke the barrier. And I loved every minute of it. Um, 
After the match, uh, MJF came over to uh, Chris Jericho. He ran down Chris Jericho on the mic and said that his um, that he said he hopes as you're lying there, uncomfortable as you possibly can be. Again, another CM Punk Easter egg. <laughs> another tease. He announces that his third labor of Jericho is Juventud Guerrera. And he cuts back, to, and prior to that, he cuts to a video where um, that he says that his parents were probably getting it on when he was, uh, when his parents were probably getting it on when they were watching Chris Jericho beat up Juventud Guerrera at a live uh, live AEW show when Chris Jericho was still the champion. And MJF goes, who the hell is Hoovy? He's like, Google it, baby, Google it. And MJF goes, and too bad for you, Chris, I did. And his third labor of Jericho, your third labor of Jericho is Juventud Guerrera. And the other stipulation is that Chris Jericho has to hit a move from the top rope in order to win. So in the year 2021, Juventud Guerrera, uh, a legend, a uh, luchador legend, and uh, one of the, the one of the many famous, uh, one of the many great WCW cruiserweights, is on back on TNT. National television, 2021, and is wrestling Chris Jericho. That, that, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Um, should be good. Uh, I. The other thing from that Russell Talk podcast, that, you know, that they were saying is like, um, you know, possibly Jericho could be setting up for a retirement. Um, I don't know if he necessarily is because I feel like Jericho is a guy who would just. He would. He said before that you know if he he's gonna retire, he's gonna be like I'm not gonna let anybody know. I'm just gonna leave, and you'll know when I'm gone. When I'm gone. Um, but I feel like there are five labors of Jericho. So ju- this is the same tactic that that MJF was using to Jericho that Jericho did to Moxley to lead up to their match Revolution for the world title. So he had Jericho had Moxley face every member of the inner circle: Santana, Ortiz, Sammy, Jake Hager, and then finally getting Jericho. So Jericho, so MJF is number five, obviously. Uh, I think number four will probably be Lance Storm. Uh, it's a nice little tie into his history. But if MJF adds the last stipulation that if Jericho loses, he has to retire, um, it's. It wouldn't make sense. I mean, Jericho has been holding it down for this promotion for so long, and I don't know, man. I, I am just, I, I just, I just don't see it happening. I don't see, I, I don't see MJF beating Chris. Jer- I, I mean, I see MJF beating Chris Jericho, but I don't see his career going being on the line because Jericho obviously can still go. He's still having great matches. I think they're definitely going to want Chris Jericho to be around, especially since they only just started doing live shows again. So I would think maybe if Jericho was to retire, maybe in the next couple of years. But personally, because I think that Jericho will probably, he probably will be done again next couple of years. I don't see him being done wrestling this year. Maybe they'll do something to write him off TV. I think it'll lead, it definitely will lead to all out MJF versus Jericho, and then MJF will get the win because Fozzie's going to be going on tour again. So that'll be way to write him off TV. Um, that's what I personally think because I don't think Jericho is going to be 
leaving AEW or is going to be retiring anytime soon. So uh, that being said, uh, that's a lot that happened. So I know I was more AEW heavy with going on this week, um, but I just wanted to say that. Overall, though, my favorite thing from this show it's between the main event and the opening sh- and the opening match uh, between the Elite versus Dark Order and Hangman Page and Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to next to next week. Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, Malachi Black has got to win this one, and AEW is just getting better and better every week. And slowly but surely, I truly think they're going to be potential big um, players against WWE. Only a matter of time. Only time will tell. So anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Please be sure to be following us on Twitter at TNAWP. That is T-N-A-W-P. Uh, please be sure to be following us on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, please be sure to be listening to us on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you may find your podcast. Give us a five-star review. Share with your friends. Tell us all about it. Tell us all about your friends. And please, please, please share everywhere you possibly can. Write a review because it does help the podcast with great, great uh, great feedback from all you guys. Uh, also, please be sure to listen to my other podcast, Fan Speculation, where myself and, and my co-host, Vinny Carini, we had our old buddy Nick Carbo on the podcast, and we talked about all the crazy shit that's going on with the with the Spider-Man No Way Home news, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and so much more news that have been released from Marvel recently. We just did that podcast yesterday. So please go and listen to that. Uh, thank you all, guys, so much for listening. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time.